This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Football is our religion. The One Course Stadium is our church. Nigel Clough, the God we choose to believe in. And by name, I am your priest. This is the Sunday Sermon. Mansfield Town then draw one all at home to Rochdale. Stopping the rot of defeats, thanks to Danny Johnson coming off the bench to score his second goal in his many games. But the question remains, has the rot been stopped? Has the ship been rebalanced? Are the stags sailing into more clearer waters? Or, with the fresh news of yet more defensive injuries, are there still more icebergs left in the sea for the good Captain Clough to navigate through? Let us know your thoughts on yesterday's game at the One Course Stadium in the comments right now. Come and have your say on your team. Mansfield Town 1, Rochdale 1. This is the place for you to share all of your thoughts, your comments, your questions, your observations. We'll see what lessons we can take away too as we join together for our weekly sermon and our weekly recap of all things Mansfield Town. Joining me on this voyage into Mansfield Town of yesterday and recapping what we saw on the pitch, we've got our usual Sunday sermoner, Mr. Clive Parkin, on the other side of Mansfield over in Edwinstowe. And away from his PA box, making his third appearance of the season, we're joined by the Nathan substitute, Mr. Alan Wilson. And of course, on the live feed, by you. Get involved right now in the comments and have your say on your team. On the show for the fans, by the fans. Why? Because Mansfield always matters.
A very good evening to you all and welcome to the Sunday Sermon with me, Craig Priest. Joining me virtually, we've got Clive Parkin. Good evening, Clive. Good evening, Craig. And we've got the man making his hat-trick appearance. It's Mr. Alan Wilson. How are you, mate? I'm very well, thank you, Craig. I noticed in there as well that you were taking a quick swig of a drink out of a very familiar mug. <laughs> Correct. Mansell Matters mug. The one and Absolutely. Only. Do you know what? I'm the only one out of the three in this room actually to not have a Mansfield Matters more candy because I've only got juice and not a, not a cup of tea. But it also saves me delving into the cupboard to give you your hat-trick mug, Al. So there you go. You've already been presented with it. Uh, we'll start with you. Yesterday, of course, a uh, one-all draw at home to Rochdale. The most important thing out of it all was that the rot of defeats was finally ended. Yes, I'd agree with that. And I, I also thought there was gentle signs simmering in the background to, uh, you know, for a foreseeable better future, personally. Yeah, we'll certainly uh, see what uh, the future does bring. Um, one thing that Nigel Clough did mention in his post-match comments there, which we'll delve into later, Clive, was the fact that Richard Narty and Will Forrester remain on the treatment table. Uh, Narty missed yesterday's game and he'll be out for six to eight weeks after picking up an injury in his, on his uh, debut game against Harrogate. Uh, Will Forrester, who signed on deadline day, who was supposed to be out for two weeks, then another two weeks, has got another two weeks on top of that. So we won't see him until October. Is Mr. Clough getting a good night's sleep at the minute, Clive? I think he must have thought he's, uh, he's run over several black cats in the last few months. He must, he must, you know, anything that can go wrong seems to be going wrong at the moment. Um, the only good thing that comes out of all this adversity is that the rest of them are pulling together a bit more now, I think. Yeah, they certainly are. And that obviously follows a little bit from the, the James Perch injury as well. And um, before we delve into the Rochdale game, uh, Alan, let's talk a little bit about the James Perch uh, situation, get your views on it. It's like me and Clive were saying on the podcast the other day, it's one of those injuries, isn't it, which you can't visibly see. It's one of those which you don't quite know how to manage, but the Stags will have to do without him for the entirety of the season. And it's an absolutely huge loss, not only in the starting eleven but on the training ground as well. Gut-wrenching for James. I spoke to him, luckily enough, yesterday again, and he said he was going to be uh, Steve O's sidekick for the season. But uh, he was obviously disappointed, as we all are, and I wished him well from everybody, from myself and all the Stags fans, but it will be a huge miss. But after saying that, it will give his input on the sidelines, you know, i.e. training, maybe sitting on the bench for the under-23s matches again. You know, I think it could be really useful in that role. Yeah, it's a certainly an interesting one with him, isn't it? Because he's got to now have a look at his future career and what he's got um, potentially, in, you know, to, to do because his contract's up at the end of the season. Nice to hear that he's going to, you know, go with Steve Owen 103 for the remainder of the season and be sort of his co-commentator and pundit and get into the media side of things uh, as well. But also, you know, he'll be invaluable in that coaching role, and I'm sure that will perhaps see him on the on the training ground uh, doing a little bit of coaching because. It's not an injury which prevents you from, from being active. It's just one which you've really, really got to manage. You just can't go in for contact and things like that. So actually, you know, it could be, Alan, a, a good route into the coaching uh, avenue for him. And if we can't have his feel, you know, we can't have his um, his knowledge and his expertise on the pitch and his experience on the pitch and leadership during a game, the best, best place to, to have that is on the training pitch and a coaching mentality, surely. 
And I think that would be invaluable for Nigel Clough and, uh, you know, his sidekicks. I think it's uh, it'll be a good appointment as in that respect. But like I say, we're going to miss him dearly on the pitch. But he could give invaluable experience to, you know, to whoever comes in or, you know, for Forrester when he makes his debut, if and when he makes his debut. And obviously keep on top of Hewitt and Rawson and helping them out. Yeah, if and when is a very big question on Will Forrester at the moment. The more and more it gets pushed back, by the time he gets around to playing, he'll be heading back to Stoke, of course. It's only a half a season loan, that one, isn't it? So, uh, as always, let us know your thoughts on yesterday's game. Uh, Paul has kicked us off saying solid point, could have won it. Um, and the other talking point, Clive, is really the, the defence. And uh, Jim has, has said, please for Hewitt, responded well yesterday after after getting a lot of sticks. So, uh, very pleasing on those two. What did you uh, what did you make of the, the two centre-backs yesterday? Uh, they did very little wrong. Um, I think Rawson by far is the stronger of the two, but it kept, um, it kept a, a solid uh, centre-pairing together. Uh, and that, despite his earlier dire performances, uh, Hewitt came came good. I, I thought he did very, very little wrong. I think I could only remember one mistake that you'd be thinking, oh, that's a Hewitt mistake. Um, so I was quite chuffed, really, because um, we were whittled, weren't we, about the, the poorest state of our central defence. Yeah, I have to admit, when I saw the team sheet yesterday, I wasn't two best please I really wanted to see um, Hawkins going at centre half and just sort of give us that assurity but you have to give defenders and this is where I'll hold my hands up a little bit as well you've got to give those players who are having a poor run of form Alan you've got to give them the opportunity to um, to play another game and to put those things you know to bed and put those things right and I thought Farron Rawson out of the two was, was the better of the two and sort of did so early doors with a very good crunching challenge to sort of stamp his authority and that's exactly what we've needed from our centre-halves. Yeah, I think it will also breed confidence as well. OK, we didn't keep a clean sheet because, uh, unfortunately, Kellen made the mistake, which gave them the goal. But on the whole of the play, I didn't think they were that good, to be to be honest. You know, I think we kept them at bay. They weren't, uh, you know, mis- uh, they weren't getting through the back lines or anything like that. I just think they did reasonably well. And like some of the comments say, on a better day, we could have nicked it. Yeah, we probably should have done on a better day. And I think, you know, this might come to a mini rant from me a little bit later on in terms of if we'd made substitutions a bit earlier, we might have um, got there. But I think actually, from Rochdale's point of view, I think they'll be very, very disappointed, Clive, to have yesterday had to see Corey O'Keefe sit in the stands because clearly he's their main main guy. And we said, didn't we, in, in the podcast in the week that him missing might actually for them might actually do us a bit of a favour because it, it really showed that they struggled to, uh, struggled to, to get down that right-hand side. Well, obviously, he brings something to their team and it wasn't there uh, on Saturday and grateful for that, we all are. The uh, Their playmaker, that smallish number 10, he, he was running the things for most of the game, but he seemed to tire in the second half. And I think that's when we were, really, we were getting into our stride a little bit. Um, I had my son with me uh, for, the, uh, for the game yesterday and it's, it's his first season, really, coming to watch the Stags. And uh, he... Um, he observed that the format we were playing in the first half was unidentifiable. Mm. Um, it was very difficult to tell what it was. And I think there's a problem there because we should be able to see straight away, from where, certainly from where we sit up in the gods, what the uh, the format is. And you and I both believe we need either 4-4-2 or 4-3-3s uh, uh, to, to solidify the, the, the business. Um, 
Sorry about that. <laughs> you said the word, it had the bell rings. <laughs> I have to write these words down, shan't I? So I don't know, I'll know not to say them. But they, 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 given the circumstances and given the pressure they're under, it was no surprise to me that there was a, there was a lack of confidence in the first half. They were frightened of everything they were doing. But that seemed to move a little bit in the second half. And it was such a shame that we conceded the goal the way we did early in the second half. And it's to the credit of the team that didn't let that do to them what it's done in the previous games and their, their heads didn't fall. Yeah, it's an interesting one. You talk about formations and this perhaps leads me to uh, my little rant about um, substitutes as well because, um, like you say, your, your son, your lad has got it absolutely spot on. We were very unidentifiable yesterday. We spent a good um, 10 minutes trying to work out what we were playing. At one point, we were playing a, a 4-1-3-2. At one point, we were playing a, a diamond again and then five across the midfield. It looked very disorientated and disjointed. It was only really when we made the substitutions. And do you know what? I actually say, thank God that George Maris got booked because it prompted a reaction from Nigel Clough. I don't think he was going to bring Stirk on, to be honest. He was planning to bring Johnson on, um, which he did, of course, on, on 70 minutes. But George Maris got booked whilst that the, the paperwork was being handed over and things like that. And straight away, he sort of, pointed to Stirk and said, up oh, you get, you're going on, get ready, you're going on and, and made that double change. And that prompted a, a change in system for us where we went with that identifiable 4-3-3. And that for me, Ali, is what sort of changed us the game a little bit. We were a little bit more comfortable within our own skins. We, you know, we were chasing the game, of course, which gave us a little bit of momentum and a little bit of something to aim for. But we had that identity at 4-3-3. And I, for me, if it was me choosing the team next week, I will be starting the side which we finished with, bar for one player. I'll come on to who later on, but I'd definitely be starting um, the way we finished last week. Well, I think uh, Skirt actually starts, uh, you know, what Quinn left off doing. It helps uh, McLaughlin down the left-hand side and it just balances that side up. And he also came on with plenty of energy, which helped, you know, towards... McLaughlin feeding Barry and etc etc down the left mm, he was absolutely outstanding yesterday as well uh, in Jordan Barry and again down that left hand side is where he has his identity and he played on the left hand side of the, the midfield all the game but as soon as we went to that more identifiable 4-3-3 certainly looked uh, a little bit more proven I'd definitely like to see more of uh, more of him when Stephen Quinn's back as well him Quinn and McLaughlin down that left-hand side, Clive, would be certainly a, a good outlet. Yes, I mean, if you don't play uh, Jordan down the left-hand side in his in his um, streakish role, um, I don't know what you're going to do with him because that's his best place. And certainly, Well, you could do it as an emergency <laughs> centre-back, but I mean, the, the point is he does stretch the defence of the opposing mm. side, which means it leaves a bit of a gap in their midfield, which with our midfield, if it does its job, can exploit it. And on that note, I thought we had, uh, I have to say that Lapsley's made a yet a further improvement in form on the on the evidence of uh, the game against Rochdale. He's still not where he was and where he wants to be, um, uh, and will be, I hope. But he's certainly improved again, game on game. Just going back to Narty for a second, if Narty's sufficiently injured to need six to eight weeks mm. off, why the heck did he get played in game two? I mean, we threw him in on game one, which I thought was unfortunate anyway. Um, uh, and quite honestly, that would explain to a certain extent why his performance wasn't that good down in Warsaw. 
Yeah, so just to clarify this for anybody that missed it, um, Nigel Clough in his post-match press conference yesterday confirmed that Richard Narty will be out to, to six to eight weeks after picking up an injury during his uh, debut against Harrogate, which was then further aggravated um, in, in the second game against Warsaw, which Clive uh, alludes to. Uh, also, Will Forrester, who was brought in on deadline down loan from Stoke until January, uh, also out until at least the start of October. So we've got you know another couple of weeks before we might see him and definitely won't see Narty probably until mid-December, late November and mid-December on uh, on that basis. But I think he's got an absolute point there, Alan, hasn't he, in terms of if he was injured and, and, and you know he was playing on it, why risk him? Why, why play him? Because yes, you can argue that you want to try and see that partnership um, develop, but it was clear early doors that he wasn't having the great game. And I was very surprised that he kept him on... Uh, at half-time, actually, when he took uh, yeah. Hewitt off. Yes, I was surprised at that. But did, uh, you know, with being fair to Nigel, did Narty actually explain, you know, to him that it was feeling rough? Because, like I say, it was. Nigel did allude to in his uh, conflab at the end of the game against Warsaw that if he could have done it, it took all nine players off. You know, apart from the two that he mentioned, which was uh, Bishop and Hawkins. So I'm just wondering whether Narty was truthful to himself, you know, or did he want to actually play the game, you know, start making a, a bit of a rock for himself, you know, with the rest of the defence? Yeah, it's certainly one of those which uh, I guess we'll never know. Let's go back to, to yesterday. Um, keep your comments coming in, uh, whether you're watching on Facebook, uh, Twitter, YouTube. If you're listening to the audio version of this and you want to come and join us, we're on every single Sunday when I don't have something planned in London. Um at 6pm for the Sunday Sermon. And of course, we're on during the week as well, usually on a Thursday. Um, but just keep an eye on our social media pages uh, to tell you when we are on. Andy, speaking about yesterday, the one-all draw with Rochdale says, uh, felt only Mansfield could have uh, won it in the end. But for 70 minutes, we made them look very good, which we weren't. Yeah, we certainly have to be a little bit more uh, reactive. I thought it took us a little bit too long to make those substitutions, as I say. Uh, Stuart says, just a, just disappointed all round, but let's hope we now build on uh, on that draw it's still very early days uh luckily um paul says rochdale's number four disgraceful rolling off the pitch then rolling onto it uh, a lot of rochdale cheating going off yesterday that yeah that did give me a little bit of a um uh, giggle um Made well. me swear. yeah oh well i heard it i heard it uh andy also adds uh, they also seem frightened to shoot when they had the opportunity uh, to do so if you don't shoot you can't score etc uh this is a valid point alan as well isn't it um nigel clough mentioned a little bit about this in his post-match interview which we'll hear a little of um in a couple of minutes time um there was a bit of a fear factor and a nervousness about mansfield's play yesterday don't you think it seems to be they they wanting that extra touch all the time you know, instead of going for it, you know, and just having a shot. I know Marius had one, and I think McLaughlin had an early shot as well. But they seem to want to take that extra touch, especially down the right-hand side. Yeah, they did. And I can't quite, you know, comprehend why it was. Do you think it's a, a fact, Clive, that it's just part of the, the reasoning that, you know, we're, in, we're on this poor in a form beforehand, the, the four straight defeats, shipping three goals every single game, I guess, you know, coming back home in front of supporters, there would have been a little bit of, of that. We need to be a little bit better than that, though, don't we, and not allow nervousness to creep in. I think that's all it is. I think it, when they're, they're feeling insecure, and I think under those circumstances, nobody really wants to take responsibility. And if you're going to shoot, you're taking the responsibility. 
Um, and sometimes you want you need somebody who's greedy and wants to shoot every time they get the, the ball at their feet. We, we seem too generous with it. We either pass it to ourselves, to, to one of a teammate, or worryingly, more often than not, we pass it to one of theirs. I think we just have to be more incisive, and that means being more aggressive in that final third, or as yeah. our previous manager used to say, in final third. The final third. Uh, well, let's not hear from the previous manager. Let's hear from the current manager and get his thoughts on yesterday's game in which the Stags uh, came from a one goal uh, one goal behind, conceded when Kellen Gordon gave the ball away down the right-hand side, um, with Danny Johnson coming off the bench to get the Stags back into the game. A one-all draw at home to Rochdale. These are the thoughts of Stags boss Nigel Clough. I thought we were nervous in the first minute, uh, up until we uh, scored the equaliser. Uh, it's inevitable and understandable to a certain degree. I think the crowd were as well. I think we all were. When you've lost four games on the spin uh, and your last two home league games and conceded six goals, uh, then there's going to be players are going to be tentative. Uh, and then you saw us all flying forward, you know, in the Newport game at times and the Bristol Rovers. And to be fair, in the Bradford game, uh, results knock the stuffing out of you a little bit. And that confidence and players instead of going forward naturally they just take a little step back uh, and we saw that I thought for the first hour or so of the game we set out and we've been talking to the players for the last week or two you know the only way we do that is to stop giving goals away and then I don't know an hour gone we go and give another sort of schoolboy goal away uh, nobody's doing that in the opposition teams you know nobody's giving us goals we've had to work unbelievably hard to get an equaliser and create anything uh, and yet again we give goals away uh, we're, honestly, day after day, we're trying to drill it into them. You know, no chances, no mistakes. And players keep doing it. Uh, Bish hasn't had an awful lot to do today, uh, but he was very competent in what he did. Back four was good. Uh, I thought Ollie Clark protected it well with George Maris. But also the importance of the subs today coming on. Uh, I thought they energised us. Uh, you know, at one nil down, all of a sudden Ryan Sturt comes on and looks and looks bright, uh, and Danny Johnson gets us a goal. So and Harry Charlesley on the pitch was brilliant to see. That's exactly what he does, and that's his typical Danny Johnson goal. So he's wrong foot, but he's just sort of steered it into the bottom corner. Uh, and after that point, I thought we were the most likely team to go and win it. Harry Charles has had the shot, which I thought he should have left for Ali Clark. He's charging through from the edge of the box, and you just think, leave him, get out of the way, and he'll put it in with his right foot in the bottom corner. Harry decides to have a swing, and it's the target, but the goalie makes a great save. But as probably undeserved as it would have been, we're not far off winning that game today. Stags boss Nigel Clough speaking to I Follow Stags. You can get more Mansfield Town uh, content and interviews by heading, of course, uh, to mansfieldtown.net forward slash I Follow, where you'll also see a post-match interview with Stags midfielder George Lapsley uh, as well. Um, we'll talk a little bit about him in a second. But one thing I want to uh, come on to, uh, Clive and Allen, is, of course, um, what Nigel Clough mentioned in his post-match interview there. He said that we looked a little bit brighter when the subs uh, came on. Uh, we mentioned it a little bit earlier on, but let's delve a little bit more um, into it, of course. Um, when those substitutions were made, we did look a little bit brighter, as as Clough said. Danny Johnson again coming off the bench um, to score um, yet again. I wonder, though, uh, Alan, why he perhaps didn't start with Danny Johnson. It's been a bit of a mystery for me over the last couple of games because it, it, definitely in pre-season in the first couple of games, both him and Hawkins were, were you know, were putting together a nice little partnership up there. I'd, I'd agree, but it's like we've said before, we don't see what happens in training. You know, something might have, uh, you know, it might have not played so well or whatever. But I do believe that he'll play from the start next Saturday because it's Leighton Orient, isn't it? Mm. And obviously that's where he came from. So uh, he'll want to point, uh, uh, 
prove his point, and he will. So hopefully he'll get to start and Stirk as well. Yeah, I mean, I alluded to it earlier, Clive, that I said um, I'd start the team which we finished um, from Saturday next Saturday. Um, and I said there'd be one name who I wouldn't start. And Alan's just mentioned him, and it's Ryan Stirk. And that's not a criticism towards Stirk. I just think you have that one player, that one, those one or two players within your squads who are excellent value when they come off the bench and really give change the dynamic and give something. And I think for me... Ryan Sturk is that player. To know that you've got Maris for, you know, 60, 70 minutes and then Sturk to come on, I think that's a, a good asset and a good weapon um, to have. So I'd be looking to start with the team which we finished with yesterday, next Saturday at Leighton Orient, with the exception of Sturk for Maris. Thoughts on that? Yeah, it sounds a bit unfair because Sturk came on and it was brilliant. I don't mean it to be. I don't mean it to be at all. I know it's a cameo role, and and what he achieved while he was on, he brought a, a bag full of energy on the field with him, and he, he battled, and his distribution was good. So on that basis, he merits more time on the field. But I take your point. I think it's useful to have a, um, a super sub, um, you know. But we've got to get the eleven on the part right. I mean, worry about the subs afterwards. But I thought all three subs, and it's to Clough's credit, I suppose, all three. Um, Subs provided something new when they came on, uh, especially Johnson uh, and Charles. Charles Lee, he did um, he did well uh, in, in his own way. Uh, I think he's still off the pace, but he's, if you can get him back to where he was, um, it, it all goes well for our midfield. What did you make of uh, Harry Charles Lee yesterday, Alan? The first time we've really properly seen him um, this season. I'm surprised he, he didn't start last week, to be fair. Yeah, I think he did well. He did well when he came on, you know, got plenty of energy like Sturk and he does help Gordon down the right-hand side, I believe, because, I mean, they had that partnership last year, didn't they? So, I mean, he could be another weapon to use as and when needed. Yeah, he certainly could. Um, I'd definitely like to see him uh, get uh, a little bit of game time um, at some point. There's uh, lots, 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 lots more to come from them. Uh, Craig says, um, Sturt looks a different player from the Warsaw game. He seems uh, more influencing coming off the bench. Nailed my point. Absolutely there, Craig. Uh, and he says, end of the day, we stopped losing games and that's, we stopped the rot of losing games and that's exactly what is important um, from yesterday because mentality-wise, Clive, when you're on such a poor run and you're shipping goal after goal and they're really cheap, poor goals to give away, some point you, you've got to stop it. And I don't mind us being nervous for the amount of time we, we were nervous. I don't mind us not perhaps having as, as much attacking impetus because we needed to steady the waters because the, the, the more we carried on, the more we were going to sink without a lifeboat. And it gives us an opportunity now to say, we've hit the reset button, let's start again. Yeah, you never know. They may all have been galvanised by the, the whole thing. <laughs> we, <laughs> have we got them all out now? No, there's one. There's one oh, more. There's one, one more. more. Uh, the uh, the thing is, it's still there's still a hell of a lot of season left, and it's too easy to panic. All right, no one wants to have a, a run of, of bad form and, and a run of poor results, which is what we've had. And this, by comparison, has got to be a good result. And I think my view of it was we didn't deserve to lose yesterday, but I'm not quite sure we deserve to win either. So I'm happy with a with a, a one all draw. I'm happy with a draw because I forecast a draw, in I? I forecast a zero-zero draw, but I'll, I'll take I'll take the credit for forecasting a draw. Yeah, but, you get what you get one point for that in the podcast prediction. Well, league. I, I mean, however get all three because I said one all. Uh, well, I need all the points I can get. Just remember <laughs> that. <do> I? <laughs> 
I've done. So do I. <laughs> Fair play. Um, uh, Craig in the comments says, Cole Gordon made the mistake yesterday and he knew it. After that, he looked hungry to make up for his mistake. And I don't mm. mind that at all, Alan, really, because every player's got a mistake in them. When we're on the form that we've got, you know we're, we're bound to to make a mistake. And as long as a player is a, is you know willing to put the shift in to, to make up for it, I've got no issue with that. We saw it with Kel Gordon. Uh, we, sorry, we saw it with um, Farron Rawson from the start of the game getting stuck into challenges. We saw it with Hewitt a little bit trying to win headers and trying to little bit, li- be a little bit more commanding um, in there. So, you know, hopefully it does spur Cal Gordon on to, you know, keep his his place because, you know, there are other options there, even though we are short at centre-back. You know, we've got James Clark, who Nigel Clough, he, he likes his attitude and uh, it seems to make him captain for the reserve games and the under-23 games and things like that, knocking on the door and other players that can play in that position as well. Yeah, but if that's the case, you know, if if need be, you know, like in the under-23s match, just try it with James Clark at the back and Kel Gordon just at the front of him. You know, put him that. as a midfield stroke winger because we know Kel Gordon can take a player on. So it might be worth a try, you know, doing it that way other than in a league match. You can yeah, only that... do that, Alan, if you've got confidence in your centre pairing and your, and your defensive midfielder, though. Uh, we haven't quite got there yet. I don't know. Yeah. I think Ollie Clark, I thought yesterday, you know, after his suspension, I mean, my thoughts on him as a, as a captain are completely different. But I think yesterday he had a, a decent enough game trying to break things down and trying to get things moving for us. Yeah, he did all right. I mean, he made a few bloomers, as he tends to do, but he's, he's he plays in a lot of the game, so he's going to make mistakes and you're going to realise it, you're going to see them. Um, but of course, he, he, he assisted for the goal as well, so I'll give him credit for that. One player who did uh, come back into form and come back into the limelight a little bit yesterday, Alan, was that of George Lapsley. Um, what did you make of his performances? What have you made of his performances so far this season in, in comparison um, to yesterday? Because again, for me, like everybody else, it's trying to find that settled formation, that settled position for him. I would uh, put him in the same category as Clark. Not for yesterday. I thought Lapsley was outstanding and he would have been my man of the match just before actually Paul Brown from AWOS Funeral Directors said that, you know, it was going to be him for the man of the match. But uh, I just think he's been a little bit off the pace. You know, maybe he's not playing in the right position to what he's used to or what he likes. But I think he was a lot more, uh, there's a lot more quality to his play, should I say, for yesterday. Quick question on that, on substitutions. Obviously, you always get the uh, the, the name and everything of, of who's going to be subbed. Do you ever yeah. take a look at it and think, I can't, I just can't do that. I'm just going to change it. <laughs> Once or twice, yeah. But I mean, I'm only a PA announcer, I'm not the manager. Have you ever changed it? No. <laughs> Alan, who, who is it that's sponsored by Billy the Cockatoo? Uh, it's yeah. uh, Stephen Quinn's home shirt now, not his away shirt, his home shirt. Right, there we okay. go, cleared up that mystery. Let's go back to talking about Lapsley, Clive. What did you make of his performance yesterday? I think it's his best performance yet. Um, and he tired because he worked really hard. I think it was just the right thing to do to take him off when we did. Um, it was close run for a man of the match. It wasn't my choice, but uh, I, 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 I wouldn't argue too long and hard about it. Craig in the comments says Lapsley hasn't looked fully fit in his opinion. What do you make of that? I think I'd be inclined to agree with that. He's not quite found his feet. Well, there's got to be an explanation, hasn't there? Because the lad was on fire last year. 
and he was banging goals in for fun as well. Um, and some of it's down to fitness, which means if you're a yard off the pace, your confidence gets knocked a little bit as well. Um, but I, I think it's, it's a slow return. And then we've, as I said earlier, we have a lot of season in front of us. If he can maintain that return to form, the trajectory, then I'm, I'm quite happy with that. Do you think it's a little bit of um, Reese Oates coming into the club, which might have knocked him a little bit, Al? I don't think so, not particularly, because he had that bad injury, didn't he? And he was on fire, you know, for quite a lot of last season. Then he had that bad bad injury, and he hasn't really come back firing on all cylinders since. But yesterday, there was definitely a marked improvement. Yeah, there certainly was. Well, I think it's about high time to actually hear from uh, the man himself. Now, let's head into the Stags dressing room and hear from George Lapsley, who was named yesterday's uh, man of the match. Good point, first and foremost. I think going a goal behind, especially against a team like Rochdale, uh, they're in good form. So I think it's a good point and something for us to build on. With the run we've been on, I think we've lost a few games which we don't feel we deserve to have lost and then we sort of found ourselves on the back end of a few bad results so the, the first thing was today was just not to lose and go from there I think that's probably as solid as we've looked this season I think obviously not keeping a clean sheet this season the goal at the start of the game was first and foremost keep a clean sheet and we'll go from there but that didn't happen but when we conceded I think this is a lot about the boys that we didn't go our heads didn't go down and we got the equaliser personally it's been if I'm honest a bit frustrated because like, I haven't probably performed as well as I know I can uh, so I just want to try and build on that and try and get back to the level I was at last year because I feel like I owe it to the team and I owe it to the manager to get back to that level I think I've had good good spells in times and today I think I'm sort of back on the right track so hopefully I'm on the right the right uh, road now I think the gaffer said to me the other week like, I'm the sort of player that needs to run in the team to sort of find my feet and that and I think he's probably right I think as time's gone on I'm probably getting more to it and if a few chances can come I can start getting a few goals hopefully Midfielder George Lapsley speaking to I Follow Stags following yesterday's one-all draw at home uh, to Rochdale. For more interviews, visit mansfieldtown.net forward slash I Follow. You can catch lots of uh, different content on there, including weekly updates from the Stags manager himself. We're going to talk uh, later on in just a second. And of course, we'll be uh, talking um, about our man of the match because, of course, Lapsley was voted... Uh, the sponsors man of the match yesterday but who will be our man of the match this is the time for you guys in the comments to get involved now uh, and let us know who you think is the man of the match and we'll get a belated tweet from Nathan Edge when he lands back on uh, British soil later in this week honestly has spent more time out abroad than anyone else he's, he's even Clive started uh, speaking Spanish we were having a little bit of discussion in the group chat the other day and he started he was just typing everything in Spanish yeah well he's got a place over there hasn't he Mm. It makes me sick. I mean, only because he's not offered you the opportunity to get out there and and, and go into his uh, into his little villa. Yeah, that's that's the real reason, is it not? Yes, it's jealousy, complete jealousy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's turn our attention uh, very quickly then, Alan, to uh, Leighton Orient next week. Whilst people get their votes in for uh, for man of the match, um, tough place to go because they've uh, again had a. Uh, a good start to the season. We know that they're always expected to, to be up there. You mentioned Danny Johnson earlier. He's going to be really, really hungry to uh, to get one over his former employers and, and get his third goal in as many games, surely. 
I would have thought so because they're second in the league, aren't they? And I mean, look, yeah. at, was it last year when we were winning 2-0 coasting and we ended up 2-2? I just think uh, let Danny Johnson unleash Danny Johnson and we might see a different uh, outcome next Saturday. Yeah, let's hope, Clive, uh, if Jordan Barry does play next uh, Saturday and we are tuning up and there's a couple of minutes left. Five, I think it was five or six minutes left that he steers away from the corner flag. So I think if he does, I might jump on the pitch and pull him away myself from the from the corner flag. Honestly, I've got I still have nightmares about that game. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Best forgotten, I think. Just going, very much, <laughs> going back to Danny playing on his old stomping ground. He'll be fired up. My only worry is he's going to get a booking, isn't he? Yeah. You're going to hoik somebody. But uh, I've, I have a sneaking feeling that we'll play well against a good team. And I think uh, we've done it in the past. I think um, I remember us beating Forest Green Rovers unexpectedly on their ground. So I'm, I'm travelling down to London with great expectation and uh, a little bit of naivety on my part, I guess. But that's travelling hope uh, uh, more than expectation, I guess, is what I'm saying. Yeah, uh, second in the league at the moment, uh, Leighton Orient. Uh, played eight, won four, drawn three, lost just the one. 16 goals scored at seven conceded. But of course, anything is possible once we find our groove. And we are due, Alan, an away win, aren't we? We are due um, a win on the road. In fact, this season, I'd be right in saying that we've, uh, we yet to, we've yet to see one since fans have been able to return. So uh, hopefully we can make that long journey back because they are better when you've got three points. Well, I think they're against column. I'll say it first on here, Craig. I think they're against column. Next week will be plus two. It'll be nine and not seven. Because I really do fancy us to pip them 2-1 next week. Well, we'll have to wait and see uh, what finds out. I'm going to let you two have a couple of minutes now then uh, to start thinking about your man of the match, folks. Keep them coming in if you're watching on the live feed. Really want to hear your views on that. But first, whilst we give you a couple of minutes to have a little think about that, let's take a little trip around League Two yesterday and get the scores from around the grounds in League Two yesterday afternoon. So it finished Bradford City 1, Barrow 1, Bristol Rovers 1, Leighton Orient 3 course go to Orient next weekend. Carlisle United and Scunthorpe drew two apiece, whilst Crawley were 1-0 winners away at Colchester. Exeter 2, Sutton 0. Uh, Newport 2, Warsaw 1. Northampton and Swindon played out a one-all draw, whilst it was goalless between struggling Oldham and Hartlepool. Port Vale got three points on their home turf, beating Harrogate by two goals to nil, whilst league leaders Forest Green Rovers put four past Stevenage at Stevenage. The final game in League Two, Tranmere uh, won 2-0 at home to Salford. The league table then sees Forest Green at the top, Leighton Orient in second, Harrogate in third. Playoffs is Northampton, Exeter, Hartlepool and Port Vale. The Stags sit in 20th at the moment with two wins, two draws and four defeats. Propping up the league, Scunthorpe United in 23rd, Oldham in 24th. The Stags yesterday drew one all at home to Rochdale, but who was your man of the match? We'll give our views in just a second. Let us know your thoughts in the comments.
course, the Stags then next in action next weekend as they head to Leighton Orient. If you want to travel on the Stag Supporters Association coach, where you'll see myself and Clive, come and uh, say hello to us uh, if you're going on the bus next week. Departure from the One Course Stadium is 9am. The SSA have added a second coach due to uh, popular demand. So it's a £15 cost if you're an SSA member or a junior member, an AMBA member that is. £20 for a blue member or 25 for a non-SSA member. To book, call 07967 689 597. That's 07967 689 597 to book your seat on the SSA coach next weekend. Come and join us uh, for that one. 9am departure from uh, the One Course Stadium. Time now, though, to think about Man of the Match votes. Um, I'm going to come to... Um, uh, to you first, Clive, how many people have you got in contention for your Man of the Match votes? Three. Talk us through them. Give us your reasons and give us, give us your choice. Uh, Jordan Bowery, because I thought he was a bit of a menace <laughs> and uh, it's pleased to see him uh, a bit more energised. Um, George Lapsley, because of improvement and he, he was uh, he was more in, in the game than he has been. And I think that augurs well for the future. But my Man of the Match is Faz Rawson. I thought he, he commanded well. He held uh, Hewitt in place, and I think uh, he deserves the credit for that. So Rawson gets one vote from you, Clive. Alan, what are you? What are your? How many are you thinking, and uh, who are you going to give your vote to? I think there were basically for me there were two stood out yesterday. First of all, Faz, he played really well, you know, and like uh, Clive alluded to before, that uh, he did uh, command his area. He made a really good block first couple of minutes but I just think Lapsley for his endeavour is uh, outstanding running and his you know workmanship workmanlike play I just thought he edged it personally so I'd give it to Lapsley so uh, vote for George Lapsley in the comments um, Craig has said um, Faz Rawson for me uh, Mark has gone for Rawson as well I've got three contenders, um, two of which have been mentioned already, um, which are uh, Jordan Bowery and Farron Rawson. Uh, Ollie Clark is my other nominee. I thought Clark coming back in uh, as captain um, had a good game. You know, he had a lot to make up for having, you know, having had served the suspension and not being able to help the team. You always feel as a captain that you've let your side down when, when you're serving a suspension. So he had a little bit of, of something to prove and it was a good ball in for, for the goal as well. So uh, he's definitely in contention. Um, I've mentioned it on a number of occasions that uh, Rawson from the very first minute certainly sort of stepped his game up and, um, you know, uh, and, and sort of stamped his authority and tried to, um, you know, eradicate those mistakes and errors which have been made in the past. But my man of the match is vote is going to go um, to Jordan Bowery, who I thought, whilst he didn't have you know the the game level which we know Jordan Bowery can have, he's been very unlucky um, or unfortunate to find himself knocked down the pecking order so far um, this season with Johnson coming in with Oates and with Hawkins as well. Um, and yesterday was was put in, in his preferred position, the left-hand side, especially when we went to the left-hand side of the front three. Looks really energetic, got us moving, lots of nice little hold-up play, lots of good little touches. Um, so he gets my man-of-the-match vote. However, um, I am outvoted, and sadly so are you, uh, Mr Wilson. The man-of-the-match um, goes to uh, Farron Rawson. So uh, there you go. Clive is celebrating away there, Clive. <laughs> <laughs> please with your please with your victory. I'm having a drink out my mug. There you go. What's in that mug? Dare I ask? Yeah, water. 
Just water. That's yeah. all you've gone for. Aye. Water up a mug. Oh, there you go. Uh, there is one more thing, though, to uh, to finish off on. This is, of course, the Sunday sermon. On every single sermon, uh, Mr. Wilson, we always learn a lesson. As uh, as you well know, you've been on a Sunday sermon twice before now, or one sermon and one normal podcast, I think. One, so- one sermon and one normal podcast. Okay, so as you know from last your last visit on the sermon, we do try and take away lessons from this, um, from the game. What would your lesson be? To keep going. Just never stop. Keep going right till the 95th minute, 96th minute or whenever it is, because you just might pop that winner in. Clive, what about you? What are you going to go for? What's your lesson? Don't write the season off after six games. Is it six? I don't know. <laughs> Seven, nothing. It's eight, isn't it? Oh, it could be eight. Yeah. <laughs> no, but we, the first two, we won the first two. So I've done a long season, isn't it? <laughs> So what you're saying is don't write the season off after us. Uh, I'll rephrase it? it. Don't write the season off prematurely. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. We'll, we'll go with that. It is definitely eight, by the way. Two wins, uh, two draws, and yeah. forty feet. So there you go. Um, yeah, I, I think that's. I think they're very good lessons. Uh, you'll find out mine in just a minute. Um, before we uh, sign off, though, um, for today's podcast, um, obviously we look ahead um, to, uh, to to next week. Leighton Orient, as we say. Big week um, for the Stags. It's obviously going to be a, a nice little away day for them as well, Alan. A good chance to pull together on the back of this draw um, to, to try and galvanise ourselves to uh, end the toxicity. That's the other word I was looking for. Um, and try and get three points at long last on the board. It's a big week for the Stags. I just think he'll unleash Johnson. Johnson will be chomping at the bit. He'll unleash him. He might get one. Hawkins might get the other, but I do believe we'll win 2-1. I've got every faith in him to come back from there with all three points. Let's certainly hope so. Where, what about you, Clive? What are you uh, hoping to see this week? Mainly, the, Sorry, are we doing the forecast? Um, no, well, we'll do that in the group chat in, in, in the week. Cause... So I'm not there in the week, so I'll give you mine now. Go on, then. I, I will forget this, but, but go on. Go on. 2-0 win. Clive's going for a 2-0 win. Uh, and who are you going to pick as your goal scorers? Hawkins and uh, Danny Boy. Well, you'll have to wait and see what hours are later in uh, later in the week, of course. Um, if you want to play along with podcast predictions, details on our social media pages, um, of course. Um, one thing we do want to see or don't want to see this week, Clive, is when Nigel Clough comes out and uh, does his midweek press conference, we don't want any more injuries, do we? We've, we're running threadbare as it is. Yes, we're known as the crockpots at the moment. We've uh, we've got more players injured and, and uh, than you can shake a stick at. And I, I just wonder uh, what uh, what more bad luck there is around the corner. Surely the, there's only good luck left in the shop now. We must uh, must start getting a few things running our way. I mean, maybe you know a fortuitous goal. Maybe a decent referee for once. You never know your luck in a raffle. You never know your luck in a raffle. Of course. My thanks to Clive Parkin and to uh, Mr. Alan Wilson. For joining us on the Sunday Sermon, my thanks uh, to both of them. We'll see them uh, again very soon indeed. That, though, is all we've got time for on today's Sunday Sermon. Today's lessons. Don't ride the season off prematurely. Keep going until the very, very end. And from me, be reactive. Use everything you've got. It's a team game. It's not just about the starting 11. Let's everybody pull in the right direction to balance the ship out and sail into clearer waters. We'll be back in the week 
and next Sunday for the Sunday Sermon as the journey continues as we continue to follow the fortunes of Mansfield Town. Why? Simply because Mansfield always matters. From me, Craig Priest, from Clive, from Alan and from everybody else as well. Thanks for watching. Thanks for getting involved. We'll see you next time. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.